0: Hi, welcome. It's Kenny Russell, Bulldozer of Faith, living life in the Spirit. I hope you're doing good today. We are getting ready for coming into Pesach the Passover season, the beginning of the spring feasts. And during this time of year, there's many questions over, uh, you know, the high Sabbaths that we have, when is first fruits, how do we count the days, and, you know, how do we deal with different calendars, different structures, and how do we identify if the calendar systems that we are following are actually in the scripture. So today I've got a special guest with me, Jerry Brown in the UK. Jerry, welcome. Thanks for joining with me today. How are you?
1: All right. Thank you. Pleasure to meet with you. I was just thinking that it's um, about four years since we looked at this together, five, I think. And, right. Uh, we, we've been running on this road for about seven years. So hopefully I can remember how it all goes together.
0: <laughs> no, I think it's, it's very good. And I think over the time, you've explained uh, just the understanding of the calendar and the layout of the mm-hmm. Spring Feast. You know, look, uh, especially over these last few years, uh, well, four years, we've had different uh, problems concerning first fruits and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um Anyway, what I want us to do is I want us to talk about uh, what our understanding is concerning the calendar. Um, You know, uh, we're not going to get into the arguments of all the different types of calendar. Our focus today is really to focus on Scripture. Why Mm, do we do what we do? Why are we following the Spring Feast in this way? Because we're not called to follow Judaism or, um, you know, religion. We're called to follow the, the Torah. We're called to follow the scriptures. What does the scripture say? So I'm going to hand it over to you, uh, Jerry, and uh, we'll interact as we go through things here. Okay. Um, but yeah, let, let's take it away. I know that uh, you've got uh, a display in front of you. You're going to flip the screen to show uh, as well. We also have a few outlines on different things you can have. Uh, we've got cups. I, I, I use little... Coins here, two different sizes of coins, Israeli coins, (laughs) and um, you know you can use little counters if you have them or coins. Um, We've also done a a display that we will show uh, on the screen so that people can understand uh, the breakdowns. And look, the whole purpose of what we're doing here is that you can take what we are doing today. And you can share it with your children you can share it with your family share it with your groups uh, so that something that sounds like it can be confusing uh, is not really that confusing at all so i'm just going to hand over to jerry and uh, we're just going to walk through this presentation together and uh, enjoy this time to to see uh, how we should be following the spring feast okay okay thanks kenny yeah the important
1: thing is that as you say is that we're working from scripture and we're looking at what's in the calendar. We're not discussing about how we've kicked it off. Um, and about seven years ago, uh, we w- was getting to that place. We're beginning to understand the feasts. And every year, um, the group that I was with uh, kept bringing me up and saying, oh, uh, when's, uh, where's the next one? And I asked the Father, well, how are we gonna get around this that people learn? And this is what resulted. Now, I'll just flip to the other screen and we'll see some things laid out. Uh-huh. Um, don't worry about the black and white for the moment, but at the further back, you'll see uh, some sheets of paper with the days of the week. One, two, three, four, five, six and seven. Seven on the right being Shabbat. And when you think about it, that is repeated continuously since the creation. When in Genesis 1, uh, God lays that out as uh, each of the days what he does and he rested on the seventh day. And I know that some people say, well, what happened to when Noah was in that ark? It's pretty dark. How did he know uh, that he was still in step with the seven? Could it be any seven nowadays? But it's interesting that when you go to um, Exodus 16, when they're on their way out of Egypt uh, to Mount Sinai, uh, you'll find that chapter is about the manna. But if you read it carefully on the whole chapter, you see that God tells Moses that for six days they're to collect manna, etc., etc., And so God is uh, a God who doesn't change. He is constant, but he's uh, always the same. So it's quite reasonable to consider that these are exactly the same seven as on the day of creation or time of creation. So um, we're then gonna lay out some things on there. We've got two beakers, as you can see, they're going to mark, mark the high Sabbath, the first one in unleavened bread and the seventh. The ruler with the P on it is going to be placed on each of the days that can possibly come up on the calendar, and the counters are going to be used to see where days of uh, first fruit possibly fall. Having mentioned that calendar, uh, just like to say that uh, uh, we have in this the, the world now a calendar, and that calendar, uh, 1st of January, you've probably noticed can fall on any day of the week. It could be a Friday, could be a Saturday, could be a Monday. Yeah. And since we've got seven days of a week, it means there are seven possibilities. And, uh, and just to fill that out, uh, we obviously have leap years, so they have an extra day. So you've only got 14 variations repeated, repeated, repeated. And God's calendar is similar to that. He's got the seven days already there, uh, so that's the same. Um, but occasionally, uh, through his work, uh, he may add a 13th month, and therefore you've got 14 as well. Quick word on that uh, 13th month, because I know we've lost a f- quite a few members who've said, well, we can't find the 13th month of the Bible. It's not there. It's man-made. Can't be right. We're looking at it from the wrong point of view. It's nothing for us to do. Therefore, God has not commanded us to add the 13th month. But he adds the 13th month. Right. And uh, we see that through the fact that we know from uh, Exodus 12, when God speaks to Moses and said, this is your month's, first month for you, for your year and he sets those out. Now, it doesn't take you long, just go to Google, ask how long a, a solar year is, it's 365 and a quarter and a bit, and a month is 29 and a half and a bit. So there's no way that you can <laughs> actually make this into a logical thing. But if you think about 30 days for the months, um, easy, 12 of those 360 days. We've just seen that the, um, the solar year is 364 and a bit, so we're always going to be sliding behind with a lunar year. No matter who's using a lunar year, you will have to add that 13th month in. I say we have to because we have to follow God. He commands us to listen and obey, and he, so we have to watch him. He sets that through the aviv of the Bali. So once we have the Aviv and the the new moon arrive, we're into the new year. But we may take 13th lunar months to get to that point with the Aviv. Right. Okay. Is that okay with you, Kenny? Does that sound right? Good?
0: Yeah, that is great. And, you know, it's it's good because what we're doing is we're going back and we're recognizing that, you know, Yehovah, he put in the order of the seven-day cycle. He said on the seventh day, he will rest. He's, he's setting up this system for us to understand. And, um, you know, when you, you mentioned there in the book of Exodus, in Exodus chapter 12, this is where Yehovah said, this will be the beginning of your months, uh, yeah. the beginning of the year. And, you know, like you said, this was a change that was taking place where the Father is setting up the system and how we are called to follow him. And I think what's important to mention here, uh, everything that we are sharing here is very important to uh, the messianic writings or as some call the New Testament, because Yeshua said he will be the sign of Jonah, three days and three nights in the heart mm-hmm. of the earth. And as we look at the, the structure here, it will also help us understand the differences between Easter and Passover, you know, did Yeshua die on a Friday? The only reason they say that he died on a Friday was because uh they, they knew it was a Sabbath, so oh, it must be a Friday, but they didn't understand right. the high Sabbaths uh and, and that structure. Uh so you can't die on a Friday night and rise on a Sunday morning because it's not three days and no. free nights. And you know, mm. this is an argument that Jewish people would use to say that. Jesus of Nazareth is not the Messiah because, you know, this doesn't make sense. This is not free days and free nights. And it also helps us understand how to get delivered from religion, Catholic doctrine versus biblical doctrine. And we're always being challenged to come back to that place. Um, So... Another important factor uh, that's good to mention at this stage, where as we start to unfold this, is that these are appointed times for us to uh, to come before the Father. They're holy convocations where we come together. There are also times where the Father says, I want to meet with you. And, you know, our goal is, are we on time? Are we in place? Are we going in the heartbeat of Yehovah? And, you know, we're trying to work these things out step by step uh, from the revelation of what we see within the scripture. So, like, like I said, again, it's not a whole platform of uh, trying to argue between different uh calendar models and people trying to say well I can show you this back in the beginning this is the model so we're just going to talk about what we see from a biblical perspective that we have to start from the scripture and look out you don't take your idea for the to the scripture and try and make it all come together so as we go from the scripture and look out um, you know this is this is the approach that we are taking so that we can understand how to be on time and for the cycle of the feast okay
1: okay yeah it's a good point there kenny because um, as you say the calendar constructions and i've seen some quite a number of them have to be such that we can get that uh, sign of jonah to uh, arrive from a the passover day when uh, yeshua was uh, crucified and get the first fruits in three days later so um yeah that's an important point there kenny thanks yeah. um, you mentioned about the um the uh, uh, beginning at uh, Genesis. And I'd just like to go back to the table and you can see there that we've got some black and white sheets. And uh, this is important because again, in in that uh, first chapter of Genesis, God said uh, at the end of the first day, there was evening and there was morning the first day. And in case we don't get it, he repeats it at the end of the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth days. So on the on the left hand side there, you see a black sheet of paper along with the side of it on the right a white sheet. Yeah. And that represents God's uh, construction. And I was um, just wondering why the Romans took all that effort to make midnight, the time of the day changed. Why didn't they just flip it over and have the white on the left and the black on the right <laughs> it seemed to be a quickest way of doing it? So um, I got sort of prompted, uh, I believe, in the spirit. Um, I'm cautious about saying that nowadays but I've seen people go away from scripture with some crazy ideas and say, God showed me this, God showed me this. And this kind of gives an emphasis. You can't argue with me because God showed me this. Right. I've come across that in a, in a church discussion once. So I just say that this is what I believe I've been shown. On the right hand side, therefore, that represents more of what the Roman uh, calendar day looks like. So on the bottom, on the left hand side, is a, With a thin strip, the thin black strip that's on the left there, Um, that's midnight. So bottom left-hand corner, that's when the sun will be at uh, its lowest, and it will rise through to breaking on uh, into the dawn uh, halfway up that uh, line, black and white line. You'll see at the top a a green uh, counter, so it peaks at that point, and it's like the old sine wave at school. You always knew the matter would come in useful one day. Well, here we are, <laughs> you can see the sine wave going to peeking at that button and then replicating the same kind of curve coming down to the lowest point on the other side. And so um, I was thinking about, well, why do that? Why do that? And of course, when you think about it, it's all about sun worship. That's where the most of the pagan uh, religions are sitting. They've, it's to do with the sun. And uh-huh. so the whole focus for their calendar is give glory to the sun. It's this um, sun god. So that makes some sort of sense. So let's have a look back at God's one and have a look why he might have done that way. And it occurred to me that we have to come into the kingdom of light. We're born actually in the kingdom of darkness in in that area. And when we come to that point of uh, giving our lives to Yeshua, to Jesus, um, that's when we move into the light and into his kingdom. And so yeah. it's a, a shadow picture, I feel, of, of what is going to happen to, to each one of us. Um, so the, the Roman Catholic thing is, uh, uh, sorry, it's, uh, it's really the Romans to have done it, has um, spoiled that, that picture. We don't get that from what we're, we're looking at there. And it shows how pagan it is. Now, a bit later on, I was prompted to think about the months. If there's this kind of shadow picture there, what happens with the months? And it's very difficult to demonstrate the next bit. So I'll just remain with the black and white picture on the left. And just think of that left side as the first six months. We've got uh, months one through to six. And by the way, God never named any of the months or the days. They've all been picked up on Judaism from Babylon. Right. The, um, the thing in, in uh, Exodus about 13, about this is the month of the Aviv. Uh, is an agricultural term about the state of the barley, that it's fully grown, but the ear part hasn't filled out with the, uh, the goodness that we're going to harvest. Um, so we, we start with that first month on the left, and by the time you get to the green button there where it goes to white, you're at the end of the sixth and going into the seventh. And um, I thought, well, that's uh, that's interesting. Now, if we think of this on the uh, the current Roman calendar, we've got we've still got one to seven, but that's January through to June, July to December. So, what happens in the Roman calendar? Um, that at the at June time becomes the solar solstice, where the, the um, moon is again at its highest in the high, in the sky, and so the Roman calendar has been been adjusted around to praise the sun. The sun God. So the whole of our calendar not only uses the names of the Sun, uh Sunday, Moon, Moon Day, all the other ones, we've also in our form of our keeping the calendar of months and starting the years, has all been pushed over to to sun worship. We are totally running on a pagan calendar. So God's calendar um starts with that months one, but of course we know from our feast that when we get to that. Uh, black-white line where the green button is, what changes then? On the beginning of the seventh month is the day of trumpets and the last trumpet call is when Yeshua will return to earth and we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye into the likes of himself. So we've got a change going on from our mortal state to our immortal state. So we've got two shadow pictures here, I think, from God. We've got coming into the kingdom of light, and then we've got what's going to happen to us in the end, where we're going to be changed from mortal to immortal. Two great shadow pictures there, right in Genesis 1. Uh, but it's been messed up by the pagan system being brought in upon us. So um uh, you got any questions, Kenny?
0: No, I think that is that's good. It just helps people uh understand uh the the makeup of the year, uh, spreading over the 12th. You know, look. Also, when you think about things um, from an Israel perspective, we don't we don't really have think- four seasons. We have like two seasons, don't mm. we? Yeah. <laughs> with the way the weather goes and and things. So, um, okay. Well, look. Let's let's press forward with this because what we want to do is we want to uh, show. I think one of the the biggest keys. Over the presentation, is to ident- is to identify where first fruits lies within mm. the feast, and you know we were we were looking at a model just the other week there from uh, discovery from Dead Sea scrolls, and within that model, it took first fruits out of mm. the the feast cycle. Um, mm. Do you want to mention a little bit about that? Because I think that's an important point. You know, we we can't just take extra biblical information and try and make it line up. We've got to go to the scriptures and say, does this work? But also we have uh, who Yeshua is and what Yeshua has done. So I don't know if you want to make a comment on that, um, because this helps people understand the reason why we're going Mm -hmm. through the process of the examples that we're doing here today.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, Jennifer's just going to be removing the, uh, the things on the table so we can have a look at the calendar and um, we'll very sh- shortly come into looking at where the First fruits lies, because um, as we said earlier on with the sign of Jonah that um, that's got to fit into it and we'll see that as we put these beakers on and the buttons on and we'll keep uh, an eye on where First fruits is falling. And it also goes on to Shavuot. As, uh, it simplifies the whole arrangement of how we, we're going to be counting that. And uh, I think I mentioned to you on the phone the other day that uh, I've now got to the point where I don't need to actually have a, a chart to chart the number of days going from Shavuot to, or from past uh, day first fruits down to Shavuot. Um, uh-huh. It's so simple that you can, you can do it mentally. Um, okay, let's have a look, see if we can... Um, Start using this, and we will we'll see where where first roots comes. But you know, that is a very key point. In fact, uh, in Matthew, uh, you'll find that Jesus mentions it three times. Um, so it's not just a passing reference that he, he put in there. He's he's and when God says things twice, it's important. When he says it three times, it's in capital letters and underlined. When he says it four times, it's in capital letters and underlined twice. <laughs> yeah. And you can find that you can find that in Leviticus 26 when he's Tells them, um, you know, if you don't obey me, I'll multiply your punishment by seven. He says that four times. So that's a key point, right? I'm going to turn this over, and um, Jennifer's going to probably help me with trying to get everything in the right place. Okay. So if it, if it, oh, it's gone over and switched you down the bottom there. Sorry, my screens changed. Okay. Well, we see everything's laid out rather nicely there, and so as we said, we can put Passover uh, any day of the week. So let's just start with uh, letting Passover fall on the first day, which, uh, of course, in the pagan calendar is a, is a Sunday. So just, if you just put on top of the one, um, can you put it just right over the one, blanking it off completely? That's it.
0: Okay, okay.
1: so we've got a, um, a random start here. So we know from um, Leviticus 26, if, we, if people have got their Bibles open when they're checking it through, uh, they can see that uh, it comes down to Passover. Very quickly and says that uh, on the 15th day is the first day of unleavened bread, the first high Sabbath. So if we put our little beaker with UB1 on it on day two, that's how the beginning of it will look like. So we know that there are seven days in unleavened bread, so we can move the seventh one along if we count from one from where the one beaker is, that's the one beaker. So we go two, Three, four, five, six, and seven. That's it. So we see that that's uh, it's obviously a lot easier when you're all around a table and looking down than say taking this uh, shot from this side. Uh huh. <clears throat> um, you then find that um, you know you kind of think, well, okay, he said the fourteenth, fifteenth. Why didn't just say the sixteenth? But he does say, okay, uh, we're going to put first fruits on the day after the Shabbat after Passover. So we have to go all the way from where we started with the 14th along that top line to the top seven that's there, that's, that's the uh, Shabbat. So the day after is actually going to be where the UB7 beaker has arrived. So if we put a, say a green counter on top of UB7, that's it. That, so that green is representing, uh, it's, uh, green's a nice, good color, it's good for go. And um, so that's where our first routes are going to be. Now we can see from there that if we go from the fourteenth uh, on the top line to where the green button is, uh, there's a good uh, seven, eight days there. So that's not going to be the combination for the, the uh, sign of Jonah.
0: Yeah, just for had... one point, just one point there, mm. uh, Jerry. Um, you said that this this um, uh, green uh, represents first fruits. Okay, the reason it represents first fruits, first fruits always has to form the day after. The Sabbath. So, number one is the first day of the week. Okay. So, when you look at the numbers, you know, that's what we're talking about uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbat. Okay. So that people understand the yeah. order there. So, first fruits always has to be on uh, the first day. Yeah.
1: Mm. First day after the Shabbat. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, now, the blue buttons, um, I. I want to mention at the moment that um, on the Orthodox calendar, because it's a calculated calendar, which it's, I'll uh, give it credit to them, it's worked over these thousands of years and it's pretty close to, to, to where the agricultural calendar is, but it's calculated, which means you can set everything up. This calendar being God's, we have to wait on God the whole time. They wanted to get away and plan their holidays in the, wherever they go around the world for holidays in the Jewish system they wanna book those well ahead and make sure they got in. So it's great to have a calculated calendar. Now the blue one, we're gonna put on the day after the uh, first day of unleavened bread on the, what's the third day. So we'll just put a blue one on there for the moment. Now the reason they put that this is because, because they can't calculate anything to, to do what that green button is gonna do. So they had to stick it there. And the reason I was given for that was that when they left Egypt, They said, hang on a minute, we've got about two million people here. We've got to organize two million people to move out and get ready and get on the road. It must've taken time. Therefore, we think that we didn't leave until the 16th. And that's what they say. They're the first fruits coming out of Egypt. So they put that one there. Unfortunately, if you go to Numbers 33 verse three, it's a list of all the camps uh, sites. Moses lists where they go through the desert, 42 camps. And there's an interesting verse there that says that they left on the 15th uh, at dawn, going past all the Egyptians burying their dead. So I'm afraid the Jewish or calendar does not keep Torah. Uh, we can show more of that later on. Um, uh-huh. We've now come to set up the first possibility. So if gentle will kindly remove those counters and we'll move and the beakers. And now our second option is to move that along to day two. So we'll do, do just, so this is when it's great, we're in a group and each person can have a go at doing this because we've found that that way people are actually grasping what's happening. So we can therefore quickly put in the unleavened bread, there, put kind them of on, do the seven, that's there. And you notice they're kind of moving together, those beakers, they came uh, in writing to each other. So if we have a tech, um, we do the green button now. So we've still got that regulation that we're going to have to know. The, the green button goes um, after the Shabbat, Shabbat at the end of that month, that week, which brings us actually back to where it was on our first one. So it goes on day one on the second line. I've said that a little bit quick, but yeah. there's, it repeats what it says still. last time, What we said last time, it goes on the day after the Shabbat of that week. Okay, the blue one of course has to get kicked along the line. So that gets placed behind that first beaker on day four. So I just wanna, okay, we're just showing one counter at a time here, but I'm gonna put them together in in a short while. So it's, I know we're going slowly, but we found that this is the best way to learn. If Uh we now remove this day, this attempt to do the calendar, remove all of that and move pass over to day three, and i will come back to the one that actually sat at the end, which shows where, where um, the sign of Jonah is. So again- be,
0: uh, Tuesday,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's a Tuesday. It's interesting day three, actually, if Jennifer then puts the other beaker on day three there, you can see that again, it's, it's, a keep, it's easy to begin to see that it's moving in that kind of format. The green counter once again goes on the second line on day one and the blue one gets kicked along behind UB1 to the uh, day 5. So you see how it's been kicked along the line there. Um, yeah, in German, I um, just happen to know it, that the German name for Wednesday is Middvoch, uh, which you can see obviously translates to middle of the week. So somebody at that, sometime early on was working to this calendar uh, <laughs> starting on a Sunday and finishing on, on Shabbat. So we see this sort of kicking along on the top line, but the green button is staying where it is on the second line down. We can quickly do that for the next two, but we have an important thing coming up soon. So if Jennifer's able to move that for us, take all those off, move that along, put the beaker there, beaker there. We now know the blue's there and the green one is going to be on the second line day one. That's it. Okay.
0: on a, on a um, Sunday first day of the week
1: yeah so so you begin to see something that's common here we're not having to learn lots of different different things and it's fairly simple we're going to we've got a straightforward one to do next so again clear the table do it again so people for the first time ever will be going oh, where's that going where's that going right and this and then we've got yeah the blue ones on the seven mm-hmm. <laughs> it's even does <laughs> a the theme, but it's so straight in my head, and I'm looking through a camera at this. <laughs> so again, it's been the whole thing's been sliding along, barring that green button. Now, the uh, the next one um, gets to be, I think, interesting. Now, next one's not quite good. It's, okay, carry on. Change it over. It's one after that. I think it gets it gets difficult. So six. We now put the one behind, that's it. We've got the UB7 U- U- on day six. UB7 U- U- on, on day six. The green button on day one, still on the second line, and a blue one. Hold on, don't jump the gun. It has to go behind that beaker all the time. So it's now joined the green button. So one time that's in. Ladders. Yeah, it Yeah, around there. So. The good news is, the Orthodox calendar is correct once every so often. It's got the first fruits day in the right place.
0: It's quite <laughs> like once every seven years. Yeah, <laughs> On first fruits.
1: <laughs> so yeah, this is this is the last one we're going to do, and this will be a little more tricky. So if Dennis will be kind enough to remove it all once again. There we go, and we put our part over on day seven on Shabbat. So we're there. Right, we've now got to take that uh, under red one and put it on the second week on day one. And then we've got to use the other beaker going along. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven at the end there. Yeah, that's seven days. Okay, green button. Well, that's a little more difficult. Let's do the blue button. Um, that's going to go after UB1. So that's on day two, line two. Okay, now that we've seen that blue button moving along we'll while they lay them all out so we see what happens. Now, the Shabbat after Passover. Well, Shabbat's on the Passover. So do we not go to the second line looking for Shabbat? And there it is under number seven beaker. And the day after that, it's gonna be back to week three down there. So let's put that there for a moment. Now what is odd is that green button has been sitting on that second line, on day one, for six days, and yet on this one it seems to be kicked down to the third line and outside of those two beakers.
0: Oh yeah.
1: So that seems odd. Now while our calendar must be defined within the book of of Torah, the first five books, anything outside that is useful information to to clarify uh, situations, and this is very true about Torah. We get the rules of Torah, but then after that, we get like the case studies. Um, It shows, you know, well, in this situation, this is what you do. This is how you interpret the law I've given you. This is how you apply it to this situation. So it's quite legitimate, therefore, to go to see what happened to uh, Joshua when he he went into the promised land. And I think if you go to Joshua uh, chapter 5, verses 10 to 12, uh, it's good to read it. But we should see that um, they were very excited about going into the land uh, at that time, that they were able to eat uh, roasted grain, sometimes it says roasted corn, uh, the very next day, on that very day. And um, we do see about the um, uh, manna that they've been eating for 40 years. I'm sure that somebody's written a book on 101 ways to cook manna. And uh, (laughs) um, so anyway, the the important bit is that on the very next day after Passover, they ate roasted corn. Now corn in English is the original word used for for barley and hence in in the UK, in some of the old market towns, you find the corn exchange. so yes, it is barley they're talking about, and, we, and it is roasted because uh, if you wait until the barley is completely dry, it's so brittle that when you go and cut it, it all the goodness drops down into the ground and you have sown the harvest for next year. So you have to harvest it while it's still moist in the head. So then to be able to work with it, you've got to roast it to dry it, and then you can grind it and, and cook with it. So we know they're talking about uh, barley there. And the only way it can be the very next day is we've got Passover there on day seven, and that green button must remain where all the other six were on that dotted line, uh, on the second line, beg your pardon, where day one is. So if Jennifer could, if could just put that back and sit it on top of the UB1, that's it. So now we've got the true position because we can take that from, from Joshua and we, we see where it sits. And it's interesting because it then ensures that we started with the button uh, underneath UB7, and now we have it on, sorry, on top of UB7, and now we've got on top of UB1. The, those two um, uh, high Shabbats become the bookends to that, uh, that day. So, just to recap where all the buttons have gone, if Jennifer would be kind enough to uh, just remove the bits again dying. Now, the reason I've got all these green buttons is if you care to, to count seven green buttons, not bottles. <laughs> seven green buttons, take them on top of one another, the second line on day one. Okay, so that uh, uh, remained all seven there. Now just to remind ourselves, if we take all those blue buttons. We started with those on the third day on the top line. Then the next one on the fourth, just put one on there, one on the fourth, one on the fifth, one on the sixth, one on the seventh, one on the eighth, back on the second line with one with the green and then on the two. And that should tie up with where They've been put the the Orthodox calendar puts the um, the first fruit. so you can see that that's moving that all along on the blue, stationary on the green. Now we've explored everything at the moment to do with Passover unleavened bread and first fruits. I haven't shown you the one way that Yeshua uh, fits in. It a- actually. Um, because we're then going to move on to look at that other bit of paper at the top. We're going to look down at the third month and see how the greens and blues relate to that. So we'll once again remove some buttons um, and we will put Passover, I think, on the third day, you yeah, we'll know, Wednesday. Just talking
0: on a point on what you were doing there, you were showing the blue is the Orthodox, but, you know, we also have a lot of Mercianics uh, follow that. And you have Christians that are following the Jewish cycle. Mm. You know, they're seeing that as first fruits, but what we are showing from Leviticus, every, every place where the green is, which is on that uh, first Sunday, yeah. uh you'll find that they are all on the same place. And this is very important because Mm. of uh, the counting of the Omar counting down to Shavuot. So that's one of the main purposes of seeing this, uh, so that we have uh, Shavuot at the right place. And I know you're going to go on to that, but I just wanted Mm. to make that point so people are getting that understanding. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, Danny, if you can move that uh, button off last. Um, you know, we have to remember that uh, the, uh, it was a calculated calendar and they, they were stuck with how they're going to, to do that. How, how can you sort of explain in a calculation what we've just shown? There's no way you can come up with that calculation. So they had to come up with something that would do. And that's where it stems from. But if you look at the 613 rules, this was um, put together, it's not scriptural, uh, specifically, it was put together by uh, one of the rabbis, I think his nickname is Rambam. And um, when I was looking at those to, to, to translate them into English from the OJB, which uh, I was given them in, uh, I found that the wording has been changed to comply with what they do. It, it doesn't actually say what it says in Leviticus. So, you know, it's very dangerous just to sort of say, oh, here's the Jewish system. We, we're going to follow the Jews because they must know because they are got chosen people because we know that, that they've been kicked out of the covenant. Uh, we're going into another topic now, but uh, we know the Northern Kingdom was divorced. And um, when Jesus died, it uh, cancelled, you know, as, as a husband dies in a, in a marriage, he cancelled the, uh, the marriage arrangements. And he brought in the, the renewed covenant, which is in uh, Hebrews 8, verse 8, easy to remember. And it comes from Jeremiah 31, 31, which is easy to remember. Um, So they've got to get into that covenant. So we can't say that because somebody's Jewish, they actually know the scriptures. I believe they don't read the Bible any more than a Christian in a church reads their Bible.
0: Right. They spend more time uh, reading the extra biblical uh, commentaries of the rabbis.
1: That's it. And they, they go to schools and learn all of that. Right, if Jennifer kindly put uh, the 14th on the Wednesday, the third day. Can you put that on there, please, honey? The actual 14th, the ruler. Oh, sorry. On there. Okay, then we'll put the UB1 behind it, just on the day five behind, on day five, that's the UB1. We can then put, we know that UB7 must go on the there, on the the day four, four, day four. That's it. And the green button on there. Okay, that's how the week will look um, on that day of Shabbat. Um, if he dies then on the 4th, perhaps we'll just take UB7 out of the way. Now we set it up, we know where we are, just remove that for clarity from the camera. Okay, um, as 14th comes to, uh, to an end, because we know that the day changes as it comes to dusk, Uh, Jesus uh, then dies, Um, is it Nicodemus uh, collects the body, takes it to a grave, somebody else has already gone off to get the the oils, the girls have followed the body, seen it's been improperly buried, there's no anointing of the body, and they depart. Three days and three nights has to be complete days, because again, one of the traditions of the Jews is that any part of a day counts as a day. Now that is not scriptural. This is why right at the very beginning, we were looking at the black and white to see what God says a day is. He says it's 24 hours. It's a complete, because that's why I think why he repeats it every day. He says there was evening, there was morning. There was evening, there was morning. There are no other gaps anywhere. So that evening and morning has to be 24 hours. So God's definition is 24. So when when Jesus, as God himself effectively, says three days and three nights, he's talking about what his father says because he and the father are one. It's got to be the same definition. So you've got to take a full 24 hour period which takes you through that, that beaker. It takes you through the end of day six. It takes you to the end of day seven. That's one, two, three skips that have gone across. Now the point being is that when the, uh, um, Jesus was seen on the Sunday morning, he was seen in the garden. He was not seen rising. So he, it is quite legitimate that he uh, rose at dusk on the Shabbat. Now, he, uh, in rising at that time, he can come straight out of that rock-covered um, cavity where he's been placed. He can come through the rock. He doesn't have to move it. We're being buried quite happily six foot down. We're not worried about the fact, well, I'm going to wake up on Resurrection Day and I've got to dig myself out of six holes from down here, six foot over <laughs> uh, a hole. Um, my, my brother actually has, uh, unfortunately, passed away already. He's my younger brother. And he's, uh, I was quite shocked. He, we've got a double uh, level grave. He's 12 foot down. So <laughs> it's good. nobody's worrying about getting out. So the Roman soldiers would have stayed there. Their ships would have changed. They've been totally unaware that he's risen and gone. But They needed to open the the, um, the grave to move the stone away to show that it was now empty. So at dawn um, on the Sunday, uh, one of the Marys I believe is going up on her own, uh, still dark. And uh, at that point I think it's when uh, the angels came and uh, the, the soldiers were like dead. They fainted into collapse and in shock and it, the, the thing was opened up so Mary could could go in and see it was empty. And she runs back, I think that she runs back first and then brings the other two. Anyway, we're on another story there. Um, so, but that's, this, is, this is a combination. So now we've got the three days and three nights fitting in so that the uh, first fruit. So he's, he's then seen, and when, when, when uh, this first Mary goes to there, he does say, don't touch me, uh, you know, keep away. And it's interesting that the story is split between at least two of the Gospels and the third one I think helps with various bits. I've got it all on a spreadsheet. We can do another one another day. And when the other ladies have come up to join the first one, they've seen it's empty. The angels talk to them. Why are you finding it? Go away. They have done tell to go away, but they go away. And then Jesus meets them on the road. And they worship him. Uh, they touch his feet. They touch him. And there's no... Keep away from me, so something's changed between that moment. Don't touch me because I've not been to my father, and okay, touch me,
0: the see the us, holes, yeah. do
1: whatever. And that is a time when he ascended up to the father as the first fruit offering from the, the grave. And um, so that's why that's, that's very important. That we understand why the Sunday is, has been mentioned in the Bible, uh, but it's not the day of his rising and it's the writing was on, on the Shabbat, and that's exactly three days and exactly three nights, no little bits anywhere. Any questions?
0: No, I think it, it all fits perfect uh, together, it's, it's easily um, understood um, from that layout, you know, that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, it's Wednesday, Uh, Yeshua uh, is our Passover lamb. You've got the whole three days and three nights. At the end of Shabbat on the 7th, uh, beginning of the next day, he rose again. And like you said, uh, he hadn't yet been to his father. So he had to, and you know, what's interesting on the first fruits, he had to take his blood to the mercy seat. It wasn't the mercy Mm -hmm. seat in the temple, but he had to... Uh, apply the blood of the lamb onto the mercy seat in, uh, in heaven, in the, the heavenly realm, not on the earthly realm. Um, you know, Yeshua is our high priest on the order of Melchizedek, um, not under a Levitical order. Uh, so that's also quite interesting, but we know that he is risen again. And that's a great system that you have outlined for understanding because, you know, look, it's something that needs to be talked about because I think many people can get confused uh, when they hear people talking about different calendars. We just have to see it. Does it fit? Does it fit? So, if you go back to the verse um, concerning the the first fruits um, in Leviticus, um, it says um, in verse 11, Of Leviticus chapter 23, just so you know the scriptural reference, it says, He is uh, to wave the sheaf before Yehovah, so it will be accepted on your behalf. The priest is to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. On the day after the Sabbath, on the day you will wave the sheaf, you must sacrifice a burnt offering uh, to Yehovah. Um, a lamb, a year old without defect. So, what we see there in first fruits, it's the day after the Sabbath. So, if you look at the chart that um, Jerry is showing us, uh, the seventh is the Sabbath, the first is the day after. And he's showing through that cycle every time to make sure that first fruits falls on the day after a Sabbath. It's not the day after a high Sabbath as what Judaism does, but it's actually the day after the Shabbat. And that's what's important. And, you know, there's a there's a reason for this understanding. And it's when you come to uh, Shavuot or Pentecost, as some people know in the Christian world. And, you know, that's the next point. I know you're about to explain why it is important that we have the first fruits on the right day. So thanks for explaining that outline for the beginning. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the, the yeah. next stage on yeah. why this is important and how it connects.
1: Yeah, yeah. you've raised another little point I've remembered that in this diagram we're looking at now, the setup we've got here, the high Sabbath also has its own preparation day. I think it's in John where it mentions it was a day of preparation. And I think that's where people have come to the usual thing of it being day six as a day of preparation for the weekly Shabbat. And I said, oh, you know, they've got that confused in that preparation day with the preparation day they had on this week, which would have been where the 14th is preparing for the High Shabbat. Right. So what we we see there is a thing actually happening, a bit like we do with uh, Christmas through to New Year, because they'll be shut for the first day of unleavened bread. which is there on day five, and they're going to be shut on day seven, the shopkeepers aren't going to be too worried about being open. Uh, There's going to be a lot of trade, they'll just be closed, uh, probably even through from the first to the seventh uh, day. So that's why on day six, um, not a lot of things were being done, but the ladies went and were able to, to get some more oil, anointing oil for the body had to prepare for the um the, uh, the weekly shabbat so they didn't have a lot of time to do anything else and then shabbat you rested you don't need to work which is why they didn't set off to try and um, embalm Jesus' body until the morning of the next first day of the next week yeah, so just explaining sun, another huh? little bit we sometimes get pulled out the same uh, there are problems here right okay um we now need to clear the tables again to have a look at this uh, third month um, okay so this one to seven as we said goes on and on and on and so we just put the other one at the top actually jennifer you can leave it the right way up and leave just a gap between the two bring it down to where the third one and just leave bring it down to this one bring it down close in close in but leave a gap leave a little gap that's it and then put the counter on one, one of those just put it on the put it on the second one down so we can do it from that way okay that, that's that's so you remember what what he was looking at this is where we were looking at before now if we um look at uh scripture and see what it says about um Shavuot, uh, we're in a, a third month we know that because if we're on the 14th 15th sort of days you've only got another 15 days to the end of the month and uh, then you're going to have 30 days for the next month can complete. Uh, don't worry, between 9 30, take it for 30. So, at best, we had those together. We've got 45. So, we're always short of five days. So, we're going to have something happening in the third month. And, in fact, I think if you look in scriptures, uh, probably 18, 19 in Exodus, uh, it does state that uh, they arrived on the f- third month on the first day at Mount Sinai, I think. And then you get three days of preparation to prepare to make the Lord on the 50th day. So um, we actually can mention an easy way of, uh, of remembering things because as we count um, one to seven, we never have returned to the day we started with because we're continually working away. Taking day one as an easy example and you're working your way through to day seven, you've covered the complete seven. You only get back to the day that you started from if you had one more day. So on the eighth day, you're back where you were on the first day. And that oh, works for any number of weeks. Uh, you know, say you had three weeks, you'd have one to seven. Okay, we do the next one, one to seven, third one, one to seven, and you're still stuck at the day seven. So you can have three weeks, and then you have to have one day to get back. And that's the same with the, with the 50 days. You've got seven weeks. Um, so you do seven sevens, and you've got to do that one day to get back. So uh, that's why we don't show bother to show the months in the middle. And we would have, uh, if we move uh, count from where that green counter is, we've got one, two to go. It's all right at the moment. Then we're going to add our four. So that's one, two plus four, that's six. So week seven will be on the top line of our lower sheet. So we get to the end of our first sheet, on the day seven. And then on the second one down, you can put another green button on there. If you don't mind I put a, on the second one down. On there, it'll Come down one. That's it. So we're having four in the middle, we've gone one, two, plus four, six, one, seven. So I've got seven weeks. And now uh, we're down to that point. And if you read the scripture, I think that's what will tell you that you Shabbat is on the day after the seventh week on the shabbat yeah that's on
0: verse 15 of leviticus chapter 23 from the day after the sabbath that day uh you brought the sheaves uh, for the wave offering count off seven full weeks
1: yeah so therefore it brings us to that same day it, it has to be on that same day and if if we remember, those uh, blue buttons were moving along in those seven different uh, places, and therefore Chabrol uh, would be on seven different places. So you you, you can't you can't do that. Um, the funny thing is that because of their fixed calendar, you do know that on Sivan, which is what they call it third month, Sivan six, I think it is, it's always their Chabrol, because their calculated calendar gives them this advantage, they can do, book their holidays around it and. Not worry about the business days and that kind of thing but you see once we've got once we've got the the, the new moon for the new year
0: uh-huh.
1: we can apply that seven day plus one thing we know then straight away that's on the 15th day so we know the first day of unleavened bread will be on exactly the same day of the week as when the first day of the week is with a new moon and we can then part over the one before we know where the where the others fall because of what we've just done and we know that we're going to have 50 days to shavuot interesting thing is we've only talked about one moon and in fact the whole of the calendar is critical only on two moons Uh it's critical to the first moon to set all of these feasts up and it's critical to the seventh month because everything follows the new moon on that one on on the seventh month the months in between, it doesn't really matter whether it's 29 days, 30 days. But important thing, again, is you can't have more than 30 days. You can have kind of less than 29 and you can't have more than 30. So when yeah. you have cloudy days, which people put to us, oh, you have a cloudy day, it's bad rain, can't see it for four days, what do you do? But once you've counted to 30, it's impossible to have a 31. So they then say, right, okay, we can't see the moon. Not Defaults, it. yeah. Default, we go into that. And go. So you're not going to be far out. You don't have to see it. But the two moons are usually in your dry period, aren't they? The the first and the seventh. So you're pretty good on it. But God, you know, can bring a dust storm in. He can cause it to be a low level of illumination. You still yeah. can't be sure when it's going to be. You have to wait on the Lord. And uh, I think that's the important uh, part to that. Um, on the question of counting that is actually quite simplified. I know that the uh, Orthodox, um, I think are 30 minutes after sunset, they are supposed to um, count that they're, they're what day they're on. Now that we've got this set position, we, we know that this is where this is always going to be. And the other big arguments they have, are we counting the Shabbats or are we counting the weeks? Because they mix up on their system. This one, the weeks And the Shabbats are identical. You count off one week, you've come to the Shabbat. So the Shabbat and the week is the same. Yes. So a friend of of mine collects uh, seven stones and he puts them beside a, a bowl. So every Shabbat, he puts a stone into the bowl. So he knows how many Shabbats have passed and how many weeks have passed. Mentally, you can do it once you're used to it. So let's say we've got three stones in our bowl and we're... You pick a day number.
0: What are you talking about? Uh, what um, day in, Sorry, is... In a week.
1: In days day of the week it is.
0: What? A, a day in the week?
1: Yeah. Beginning day of the week. So uh, like the, the fifth day of the week? Fifth day of the week. Fine. Okay. And we've had three weeks. I'll put, I'll put three stones in the bowl. So three sevens. Uh, 2021. 20, yeah. It's one massive one. And it's a fifth day. Was it? Fifth day of the week. You said? "Yeah, Add 5 to 21, it's 26. You're on the 26th day. If you go and count that now, you'll find you're on the 26th day.
0: Right. So Yeah, so it makes it easier to understand where you're at in the cycle. And whether whether you lost a day.
1: Because a gentleman kindly put that up on the end of the table. Bring it up a little bit down to, to about here so we can see closely on the camera. Uh huh. That's it. So, you now we've lost the top bit slightly because I brought it too far forward. But I can tell you what's happening. You can see on the bottom there that I put the wheat count. So, part instead of putting the stones in there uh, with the chalk, I put I'd be putting one, two, three. So, and on the day I'm putting yeah, so you can put puts uh, I'll probably pull a bit of chalk. I just got out of the shed <laughs> and five <laughs> on that one. So that's what I'd be doing. And I should find on the top, I've got 26. So she's probably slightly had a camera there. Uh, you got three, seven, two, oh, you put two there. She put 14. So if we we'll stick with that to show it works, we put 14 plus five, 19. So you'd have 19 in the top. And again, yeah. if you go off and... So that's my cross check. I don't think I can... If you slant it over slightly, we might see it turn up. Just yeah, if you lie it
0: flat on the table, we can see it. That's well, it, okay,
1: okay, yeah. wow. OK, so um, again, it's, it's, it's uh, very easy to keep the um, keep count. And what I'm thinking is, you know, even, even the simplest shepherd who's not near to a, an iPhone master or anything like that back in those days, <laughs> you know, he hears, he hears the shofar for the new moon coming. He knows, he's, he's, he's anticipating sees the fire, that. He virus, yeah. Uh, yeah, he sees the fire, all that sort of thing. So he knows, ah, right, Smokespin. today, exactly in 14 days' time, Fifteenth uh, day, uh, rather, it'll be uh, under bread one. So the Passover's the day before. He's already got it in his head; he, can, he knows already straight away where his feasts are going to fall. And um, yeah, when he starts once uh, f- first fruits have passed, um, he, can, he knows how to ca- count leave the, the fifty without having to have a calculator, having to have a marker, because you know, we all know we all know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We 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 mentally uh, hold that. Um, and I've found over these years in dealing with day day numbers, it's becoming the same thing. I, I can hold the days quite easily. Um unfortunately it does confuse me, confuse the family here when they see which day it is, and I say it's day three. No, <laughs> it's
0: which day of the week is it? Oh, Tuesday. Which day are you on? <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, look, this is what's important. And I think what we have seen just as we're going through this presentation, as Jerry's opening this up, we're seeing there's a couple of important points that if we want to identify which calendar we should be following. Now, I hear many people that say, well, you know, we're just going to follow the Jewish calendar, uh, you know, just so that we keep the peace, we keep the unity. But where is the place of unity meant to be found? It's meant to be found in scripture. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, we we lived in the Galilee, next to Tiberia, Tiberius, and this was where the last order of the Sanhedrin went out. And there's a two, a couple of very important things that took place at the ancient synagogue there at Tiberius. You know, uh, you've got uh, three of the well. well Tiberius is the second most holiest place in Israel in a rabbinic sense. Okay. Um, because of uh, the, uh, the rabbis and the people who the orders of the last orders of the Sanhedrin and things were made in that location. But, you know, what they did uh, in that place, they changed the calendar. And this is what they said, you know, when we come back to the land, we'll adapt back the system, but this is because we are being scattered into the nation, so we're going on to this numerical system. And just you know, so that the, the viewers and listeners understand yeah. that uh, today, uh, Rabbinic Judaism, they actually keep account of everything that Jerry has just said. So they keep that on a note, but this is what they state, in the new order of the Sanhedrin that's established in the land of Israel right now We're not going to change the calendar until the Mashiach, until the Messiah comes, and then we'll adopt the calendar. So there's no confusion over what is the right calendar. It's all about obedience. Now, does man have the right to change the calendar? Just as much as does the Pope have the right to change the Sabbath from Shabbat to Sunday? And, you know, I was... uh, part of a conversation the other day with uh, uh, theologians in uh, Florida um, that that have a a podcast and you know they're so excited about you know the reason why Sunday is now our Sabbath because the law is done away with. Yeshua rose on the Sunday. Uh, this is the first day of the week. The the early disciples established this as our Sabbath, it's our rest, it's our celebration of the resurrection of Messiah, and they miss it completely because you know you can't change the commandments, but it's one of the Ten Commandments, the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Now when we understand the position of the sabbath and how important it is within the commandments we understand how important the cycle of the feasts are over what Jerry has just explained here so these things are important and if we are coming into uh the the roots of our faith we have to ask ourselves a question why do we make the decisions that we're making to follow the feasts and, and living in the land let me tell you there Look we get persecution if we want to follow the Torah way, not not just from a, a rabbinic perspective, but from believers They're like, what are you doing? You you know you're you're going against the nation, you're going against the conflict and you're having a high Sabbath. Maybe it's the day of atonement on a different day. And it yeah, it feels weird because you've got this pressure, of, you know, you need to comply, you need to do it this way. And, you know, the reality is we need to do it the way of God, the way of Yehovah. What is he saying? And, um, you know, it's it really is uh, important that we uh, understand the timing. Why? Because prophetic significance is all about timing. What's the job of the prophet? Bring people back in line of the Torah. It's not about, are you getting words, you know, is someone reading your mail and all those different types of things and, you know, oh, I got this word from God, this word from a prophet. Well, the first things we need to identify is the words we're receiving prophetically, bringing us back to the instructions of God. And that's what we've seen in this unfolding here today and what Jerry has been explaining. The reason why we have to be in the cycle of the Torah is because these are appointed times. Yeah. So on the Sabbath, it says uh, in the beginning of Leviticus 23, it says, Yehovah said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, they, uh, These are my appointed feasts, the appointed feasts of Yehovah. It doesn't say the feast of the Jew, it says they're the feasts of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. These are sacred assemblies. And when we have these high Sabbaths, as you were pointing out where those Sabbaths, high Sabbaths lie with the beakers, these are times not just where we come together, but we come together in the presence of Jehovah These are appointed times. And I really believe that uh, what it does is it helps us get into the heartbeat of God so that we understand that he is saying, come aside with me, trust me in this uh, as we go through uh, Passover as we're getting ready for Passover right now, you know what's the purpose? will you remember will you pass on to the next generation how important uh redemption is how important the Passover lamb is Don't forget this but it does say in Jeremiah, there's coming a day where they'll no longer talk about the first exodus they'll talk yeah. about the second uh, exodus the return of all of his people from around the world and and people want to throw that into the millennial kingdom but you know even from a um, a, a christian uh, zionist point of view they're like you know just get the jews home when you get the jews home this is the second Exodus, but from a biblical perspective, it doesn't say just get the Jews home. It says the whole house of Israel is coming home. Deuteronomy chapter 30 opens up those scriptures. So Jerry, I appreciate you breaking all of this down, helping people understand how to do the counts, uh, why it is important. Um, Just on on the point of you know, we we talked about the rabbinic position of firstfruits and the Torah's position on firstfruits. And just to make it clear on what we said, there's been a couple of years where even within the Hebraic community, people have been uh, challenged because they've taken firstfruits out of the seven days and they've put it outside of the feast. Um, And look, I tell you, It's in the early days, it's even been confusing for me. And I know, Jerry, it's it's caused you to make this table up so we see how things are outlined, so we understand what is taking place. But any system, if it's from the Dead Sea Scrolls, if it's from uh, calendar systems that uh, rabbinics use, we've always got to refer back to the Torah. What does the Torah say? And we've got to keep it within the Sabbath cycle within the feast cycle as well over the Passover unleavened bread, first fruits have all got to fit together. Um, I don't believe it's acceptable or biblical to take first fruits out of the Passover seven days and putting it into another location. And it's very important, Jerry mentioned uh, Joshua, because he shows that they ate the the barley, uh, after they had the Passover lamb. So it was shown that they were recognizing first fruits on uh, that day after the Sabbath on that time. So we do have biblical, biblical backup to how this fits. Um, so always refer to your Bible. You'll have different people have different views and different convictions. But if they turn around and say, the reason why we do this is because we're just following the Jews. We're just trying to keep the unity then, where should we be unified? Yeah. Should we yeah. be unified with man or should we be unified with Yahovah? So, like I said, because of the persecution we had, you know, we got to the place where it was like, you know what? Why don't we just follow the way they do it in the land? Even though we know the feast times according to the Torah, we'll just do it the way everybody else does it uh you know look i didn't even get through one year of that and it, i'm just too convicted i'm like no i can't do this because it's not about following man it's about following yahovah so uh jerry any last points uh that you want um, to
1: make yeah thanks okay uh, um yeah I just think a couple of footnotes you mentioned um things that have happened in the past the only a few years ago that there were all those red moons that they were so excited that within a certain year there were four red moons Blood on moons. feast days.
0: Yeah. Blood moons. That was it.
1: Um, well, we've seen now that uh, Jehovah's calendar will be sometimes one, two days away from the Orthodox. And and sometimes you can even be a month out because of the way things have happened with the, with the uh, a Bib. So people are very excited about something that was totally irrelevant because it wasn't on the days that Jehovah had his appointed days on. So again, it's another important thing to get these days right, if we are going to be looking at um, anything to do with blood moons and that sort of thing. The other thing is that once we now understand uh, what we have here, we can look at scripture with a little more enlightenment. I mentioned about the manna. And so God said to go and count for the next six days. Well, what day were they on? So he didn't say wait three days and then count six days. He said, Count. So Moses must have been meeting with Jehovah on Shabbat. And then he says, Count the next six days. So we can see a little bit more out of scripture from, from that statement. And we can also take into account that when they left uh, on the 15th, um, that must have been um, the day that they're counting the 50 from. So that must have been the day of first fruits. And therefore passover when the actual passover actually happened was most probably on shabbat right so it's not just it wasn't just any day of the week it happened it happened i mean god god for, for god the um torah is eternal so even if he hasn't told mankind about it yet he hasn't brought it into their understanding he has to work to it and so it's it's pretty much certain you can say that uh, the original passover was on shabbat and then they marched out on the first day of the week on the 15th, counting 50 from then. Yeah, okay, I think if we've, got, if we've got any more, we can put notes on the bottom of the, you can put some yeah. notes when you edit, you can put a post, Uh, video meeting um, addendums. uh, We'll
0: add add some notes on that uh, for people uh, to have some references from what we have talked about here today, Mm. but I hope uh, you've been encouraged with what we've shared here today. Mm. Uh, Please make comments and please share it with others. Um, Again, the reason for doing this is to be on time and to be in place, especially concerning the feast. So don't say we've come back to the feast, but we're not going to do it God's way. And that's what's important about Mm. what we're explaining. So we want to do it the way that the Father has outlined for us to do it. So thank you, Jerry. I appreciate you uh, you. sharing everything you did and making it easily understood. If anyone has questions, just put questions in the comments, and we will pass on those questions to Jerry as well, if uh, some of you want answers. Um, but like I said, we don't have to get in a whole argument over different calendars. We don't have to get into a whole argument. We just have to follow the scripture. And that's what we're presenting here today. How do we follow the scripture? How do we keep it simple that even a a shepherd can follow these things without any complications? Um, and it really is quite straightforward. So thanks for giving us your time just to go through this, Jerry. We appreciate it. We thank you for everyone that is watching and participating uh, with this uh, um, uh, broadcast as we break down the calendar according to the Torah. Hope you have a blessed day and Chagzameach Pesach as you get ready for Passover. Hallelujah. We are looking forward to it. So this year uh, we saw the sighting of the new moon um, on uh, um, uh, Sunday. So, the um, Passover starts on the 28th, the evening of the 28th, Sunday evening. That's correct, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I'm,
1: I haven't got my mind around to that at the moment. Uh, yeah,
0: but that's, yeah. that's where we're at. It's on the 14th night is Passover. That's the evening of the 28th of March. And, um, you know, now we know what the the time cycle is to be prepared for this year's Pesach. Thanks for watching. Until next time, shalom, shalom.